0: you're listening to language nerds to earth the podcast about linguistics culture travel and how they're all connected now it's time for your language nerd hosts one in china one in spain it's patrice and rachel
1: And I'm Rachel. This is episode number 12. Today, we're going to talk about mistranslations. Woo, yeah. I'm super excited about this one. <laughs> Me too. Actually, last week, I said that food is my favorite thing in the world, but I would have to say that talking about language and mistranslations is also my favorite thing in the world.
0: Hmm. yeah. And I, I was just saying, actually, to you how... <laughs> I used to read bad translations for hours at a time. Uh-huh. funny. It's,
1: it's really fun. They're fun. Yeah. And we have a lot of good ones for you guys from ourselves and also from the internet. So Yeah. Yeah. Before we jump into anything, I want to pay our respects to Anthony Bourdain.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So upsetting. I mean, actually, I think his mission was kind of similar to ours. Except he had a much bigger scale of audience, you know.
0: Definitely. Like,
1: um, like he made people curious about the world, you know, mm-hmm. through food and, rest in peace, and neighbor Yeah,
0: very very sad. Yeah. So so today, first of all, we're going to look at our language news. Then we're going to. Take a look at some funny translation fails. Uh next we'll talk about why it's so hard to get an accurate translation. Then we're gonna talk a little bit about what's in the future of translation, new developments, and new technologies. And mm-hmm. finally, we'll get to our lost in translation moment from Kate. Yay! In Germany slash US. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. I haven't heard the whole thing.
1: Okay. Oh. And also, today we have a review uh, yeah Yay! from MK USA. Thank you, Rachel and Patrice. Listening to your podcast is my number one go- to at the end of a busy day. Your topics are interesting and always make me laugh. I especially like that you teach me about the different languages and cultures, and in between your episodes, your website keeps me entertained with additional information and links. Thank you. Oh,
0: that's so nice. Yeah. I'm so glad
1: that we're saying things that you feel like you can relate to and make you laugh. Yeah. Not just ourselves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And that we can be some kind of a relaxation at the end of a long day.
1: Mhm. That's awesome. Really appreciate your review. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mhm. Okay. So, first we have some
0: language news. Yeah, so this article is called How Learning a New Language Improves Tolerance. Mm-hmm. And, as you might be able to gather from the title, <laughs> it talks about how learning a language improves tolerance. Yeah, so there are two ways
1: that language helps us improve tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally relate to it. So first... Thing when you learn another language you also learn another culture and so um, it opens up your eyes into a way of doing things that's different from your own so you develop a cultural competence yeah and then the second way that uh, language improves your tolerance is you get more comfortable when dealing with unfamiliar situations so you have mm-hmm. a higher tolerance of ambiguity Which is very real, too.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can totally relate to that, you know. More like at the beginning of learning the language, but, I Mm -hmm. mean, still. It happens, like, in Spanish sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like, "Hmm, okay. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know what just happened. You know, something something went over my head, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind of like with our Lost in Translation moment last week with Ride, who he he kind of understood what was going on in yeah. Seth's story, but he missed the entire point. Right. And that was like a super important detail. And obviously he was listening to Seth talk, but missed the part where he said, this is what happened in the movie.
0: Yeah. So, I
1: mean, that happens to me all the time in China, too. Like, obviously, my Chinese is getting better slowly but surely but yeah I'll communicate with somebody and they'll communicate back and I'll understand like a few words but that's like best case scenario (laughs) (laughs) for the most part I'm just like crap I can (laughs) I can talk to you but I can't understand your response
0: right okay well at least it's coming
1: along so what about higher cultural competence do you have any thoughts about that one
0: I mean, I think that part of learning a language is also learning about the culture. I never have taken a language class that was completely separate mm-hmm. from cultural learning. You know, we're always learning about festivals yeah, or different cities mm-hmm. or right. regions or what people like to do. and mm-hmm. So they right. are, I think, completely linked. So mm-hmm. you can't separate them. Yeah,
1: exactly. In my Chinese classes too, interestingly, we learn a lot about the history of Chinese because of the characters. So like this symbol used to be sun, but now it's day. but it's only used in these contexts. And this one used to be dawn, but we don't really use it anymore. It's just like for pronunciation and other characters. It's super interesting to learn more about another culture because of the language.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, funnily I'm thinking about learning Italian oh, yeah. and we spent like a good amount of time learning all the different types of coffee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's so cool.
0: She was like, this is so important. You have to know this <laughs> if you're learning Italian.
1: Yeah. She's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Very true. Did you develop, like, a higher appreciation of coffee from that glass?
0: I mean, I was not living in Italy, so I didn't get to mm. actually have it at the moment, yeah. but I got to appreciate, you know, the fact that there are so many different kinds, mm-hmm. and the, the difference between them is so small, yeah. seemingly, yeah. but... It's interesting that there's so much variety. That's so cool.
1: I bet Italian has... I mean, well, they do. They have a lot of different words that we just take from them for coffee, right? Like
0: right, espresso yeah. Espresso,
1: and can't think of any more. Latte. Uh, latte, thank
0: you. <laughs> hmm Macchiato. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So should we move to our translation fails?
1: Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To warm us up, I have just a list of a few that I found on the internet. This is in an Indian airport. It says, eating carpets strictly prohibited. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And then, oh yeah, there's this one outside an elevator. It says, due to happenstance beyond our control, this elevator is so broken. <laughs>
0: Not just broken, (laughs) it's so broken.
1: (laughs) And this one, okay, one more, one more. This one, it's actually supposed to read Meatball, but it's transliterated from Arabic. And the translation of Meatball, for some reason, comes out to be Paul is dead. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's actually, it turns out to be a Kurdish word, so the hotel where this food label was placed just, like, totally failed in all ways.
0: <laughs> Have you ever seen the YouTuber Alonso Larone? I don't think so. Uh, well, he does. He does a lot of fails, and a lot of them are, like, native mm-hmm. English, but that's one of them, and he's been saying it for years. He's like, Paul is dead! <laughs> Awesome. he's awesome he's super funny
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you'll have to link to him yeah i'll have to check him out too so yeah rachel has a bunch of her own from
0: from <laughs> your experience actually <laughs> yeah okay so i'll start with a simple one mm-hmm. this was from a store in korea mm-hmm. and it just says slay s-l-a-e <laughs> otherwise known as Sale. Ah, yes, yeah, Sleigh. Slay. <laughs> <laughs> slay queen. <laughs> no, it's just funny that a four-letter word can get yeah. miswritten. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. I have a really good one from, like, a you are here sign. Mm-hmm. I just took a picture of it. I'll have to put it up on Instagram. And it's, like, it's perfectly written. But it's completely backwards. Like it's a mirror image of the phrase "you are here." <laughs>
0: <sighs> like
1: how did you do is that? it a mirror
0: or what?
1: <laughs> no, it's like and like all the Chinese is written the correct way. Like the it's characters are. It's just printed like either. that. Yeah, it's just printed like "you are" here <laughs> from from right
0: to left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right,
0: let's see your next one. Okay, so this is from a food stand in Madrid, like, at Christmas. Uh-huh. And they were selling a lot of different types of cakes. And they uh-huh. were selling tarta de queso, which uh-huh. they translated as queese cake. <laughs> Q-U-E-E-S-E cake. Oh, that's so which cute. Which, to me, is hilarious because it sounds, like, queasy like yeah. This cake's going to make you vomit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I like that one.
0: It's like cheese queso, cake. but but like cheese. Please. Right, right,
1: because queso is Q-U-E in Spanish. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They tried. They tried. <laughs> they did.
1: Um, I have another one. Actually, it's funny. It's on literally every single metro in Shenzhen. <laughs> And it's, like, the automatic doors that open and close yeah. on the train. There's a sign on it that says, watch out for pinching. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because the doors can close on you. But it's definitely not called pinching. But I really like that one.
0: <sighs> watch out! <laughs> it's very cute. The door's gonna pinch you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, like, a
1: huge fail. It's on every single metro. You know how many <laughs> metros there are in Shenzhen? There are,
0: like, probably 15 lines. Oh, wow. It's amazing. Um. Okay, so I was in Granada last summer, mm-hmm. and we were eating at this restaurant, and I feel so bad, actually, <laughs> because... <sighs> We were openly laughing so much (laughs) about this menu, and then our waiter came over, and I don't know how it came up, but he's like, yeah, I translated the menu. (gasps) Oh, no. We were like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, hopefully he didn't see us laughing, but...
1: Yeah. Oh, that's cute. cute. He probably didn't know you were laughing about.
0: I mean, we took a picture, but... (laughs) Mm hmm Anyway... The funniest statement was Sirloin to your licking. Mm, they were just oh he was just one letter off. Liking. Yeah. yeah. You know. So close. Damn. Um but it changes the meaning a, quite a lot. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Everybody's mm. over there licking their steaks in Spain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah
1: awesome. I I took a picture of this. I went in whitewater rafting last weekend, and there was a sign like, you know, be careful. And Uh so it was translated into English, and it just didn't make any sense. It was just gobbledygook. (laughs) So it said, Dear Visitors, in the play, the drift process is very easy to lost body articles. Please do not bring any valuables carry drifting in the body. If lost... All responsibilities borne by
0: yourself I hope that visitors to understand and support <laughs> I mean yeah it's like more or less understandable I guess but mm-hmm. it's very awkward they tried so
1: that's what's important
0: alright right, next one for you okie dokie okay. actually Amelia found this one recently at an Indian restaurant mm-hmm. it said they beaten of mango <sighs> It was translated from batido de mango, which batido is a smoothie, mm-hmm. which means beaten. So batido a very literal mango. Google Translate. Oh,
1: that's nice. I like that. <laughs> uh,
0: did you have another one?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, It was supposed to be smoking area, but mm-hmm. they missed the O. And it's smacking area, like sm- smaking area, S-M-A-K-I-N-G. <laughs> smack, smack. Yeah, go,
0: if, go over there if you want to smake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's funny. Um, I also saw another one here in Spain, strippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think that might be? I have no idea. In fact, they were chicken strips. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> strippers. There's them they're
1: like 395. <laughs> oh, the cheap cheap strippers. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to do your Peruvian one? Do you have some examples from it?
0: I do. Um, So this is from a restaurant in Peru, and I just feel like they could have used uh, the help of somebody who spoke English instead of relying on Google Translate. So pretty much almost every single one of them was wrong. Aw. But so the first one is funny. Trucha frita con papas dorados. Okay, fried trout. Mm -hmm. Good so far. With dad's gilded. What? What is that? <laughs> so apparently it translated papas mm-hmm. instead of potatoes as papas, dads. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, golden, gilded, it said. Um. We also have pork scratching trout.
1: <laughs> what?
0: Which is chicharrón de trucha. Some of these things just can't be translated. But yeah, I was about. To I'm say, sure like, that it's not so pork good. scratching trout. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that I love is under the meat section. They have nuggets. nuggest. nuggest. So nuggets. Nuggets. So nuggets. Instead of nuggets. So they didn't even. <laughs> I just gave up. Yeah, and they have a lot of these that are chicken to the wine, chicken to the oven, <laughs> trout to the garlic. <laughs> Literally, that is what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like al horno, right? If it was to the oven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which to makes the... sense in
0: Spanish, yeah.
1: Right. It's the way something's cooked.
0: Another good one is sudado de trucha, which is literally translated, oh, no. No. sweated of trout. No. <laughs> 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 and also, trucha lo macho, trout to the male. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> male as in not female. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they really just could have used somebody on Fiverr or something, pay them mm-hmm. five bucks, say, like, yeah. translate this.
1: Yeah, fix it. Yeah, I know. I see it all the time here. Sometimes I just want to, like, volunteer. Like, look, this is incomprehensible. I will do this for free just to help you because I like your restaurant or something, you know?
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Well,
1: let's get into the nitty gritty, Rachel. Um, mm-hmm. This is actually like one reason that I really wanted to start a podcast so I could talk about this kind of thing and find other people who like to talk about this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, why? Why are translations so hard? That's an excellent question. Mm-hmm. There are a
0: lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons, though, is you're not just translating, you know, literal words. Uh Like, for example, in that menu from that Peruvian restaurant, Mm -hmm. well, you're translating cultures, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're translating cultures. You're translating an idea, really.
0: Yeah.
1: Which... Concept. Yeah, an entire concept. Each word carries in itself a history and... But maybe we should take something in English and kind of give you an example of why it's so difficult to translate a word. In translation, you have something called a polysemy. Mm-hmm. It's P-O-L-Y-S-E-M-Y. And it's, it's a word that has multiple meanings. And we have a lot of those in English. We have, for example, the word nail can be something that you nail into a wall or your fingernails or your toenails. And every language has those just because that's what happened over time. That's how it evolves.
0: Right. Also, one thing that can be difficult to translate is tone. Can we call it that? Mm -hmm. Tone? Yeah, yeah. Or, well, it's not exactly tone, but it's. I would say related to tone, Mm -hmm. which is formal and informal you Mm -hmm. in different romance languages and German as well, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. In different Asian languages. Mm -hmm. I know Korean has, I think Japanese Mm -hmm. and formal and informal I in Korean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're not just saying the word I, or you're not just saying the word you, Mm -hmm. you're kind of trying to transmit a whole other thing. I don't know how to say it. A level of respect. Exactly. It's very contextual as well. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. you would address somebody based on their age or their status or how well you know them. Mm -hmm. um, And you would choose which one to address them with Mm -hmm. based on that. And so it's very much rooted in context, I would say.
1: Yeah, for example, like you mentioned the word I in Korean, it will change by who you're talking to. So if you're talking to somebody that you want to show respect to, not only will you call them by a certain title, uh, you actually don't really say the word you in Korean. You don't really address somebody directly. You actually call them by the title that they have, like their professional title in a work setting or their position in the family. Yeah. And then to further complicate things, you also are going to change the word I, like you said. So uh, the word cha mm-hmm. in Korean is the form that brings you down a level so that you can showed, you know, I am lower than you socially or professionally, mm, Okay. as opposed to na, which is putting you on the same playing field. So this is something that's constantly going through a Korean's head. So where am I in relative position to you and how do I navigate that? Also, like right. I was reading a little bit more about honorifics in Korean. Like if you're at work and you're talking to somebody above you, About somebody else who's above them You have to navigate that even That's super
0: complicated
1: Uh, (laughs) It must be exhausting And it said like most Koreans spend their first job Like just trying to figure this out Wow (laughs)
0: Yeah So if you try to translate that To let's say English That we don't have that Mm -hmm. We we only have one form of you Mm -hmm. It's the same for all and only one form of I, you lose something Yeah. in the translation, yeah. you know? Uh, you're not transmitting the same level of respect or the same level of closeness mm-hmm. as well, if you were to call somebody by the informal. Right. Right, and if you're
1: translating into another language... Okay, so, for example, as a native English speaker, if I was translating into German... Losing a meaning would kind of drive me crazy.
0: Actually, that kind of goes well into something that I was reading about, Mm -hmm. which is translating titles. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever been in another country or studied another language and you've seen the titles of movies Mm -hmm. or books or TV series and seen the translation of them, Either to English or to the other language, a lot of times they're really strange. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Yeah. So, for a start, so the way that a title is translated, well, titles are already highly contextual mm-hmm. and relative to whatever culture they are written in. Mm-hmm. So, you can sometimes translate more or less literally. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they're changed quite drastically because translated to another culture, I mean, they could understand the words, but it wouldn't make any sense, Mm. the the same title.
1: Yeah. I actually have an example of that I remember. Do you remember the movie What Happens in Vegas?
0: Yes, I do. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. So what happens in Vegas, what's the rest of that phrase? Stays in Vegas. Right, yeah. So, what happens in Vegas is actually a reference to a phrase that we use in English. Right. They don't have that phrase in other languages because Vegas is an American city. So, in German, it's called Love Vegas. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, and I would venture to say that even in other English-speaking countries, they might not use the same expression. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they might be familiar with it from media, mm-hmm. but they probably wouldn't use it, I would guess. Right. One of my favorite examples, this movie somehow always comes up in my classes, mm-hmm. which is the Shawshank Redemption. And Shawshank is the name of the prison, right? hmm In Spanish, the translation is the perpetual chain mm. so it has nothing to do with shawshank that's a very english sounding name yeah so yeah. it would be very strange to translate it with that title mm-hmm. so i've noticed a lot of times when they have like a the name of a place or the name of a person sometimes it, the name is changed mm-hmm. do you remember that movie the three billboards outside ebbing missouri oh,
1: yeah yeah i haven't seen it but i know what you're talking about
0: yeah so the name in spanish was like three signs in the outskirts uh... ebbing missouri very english very american mm-hmm. so very would not it... do well in the spanish culture where where's missouri nobody knows right. where that is Right. Or yeah, Ebbing,
1: Missouri, could be like an international city for all they know. or, like the general populace would know, like Ebbing, Missouri. It sounds like it could be like a fancy right. place. It's not Las
0: Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a good Pretty one. interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm always a little confused here because. Whenever I see the titles, they advertise a lot in the metro or on bus stops and stuff for movies and for TV series. But I never usually know the name in English because <laughs> I just see so much of the Spanish title. Mm-hmm. And then I just try and translate it and people are like, "What movie?" I'm like, "You know the one has like Matt Damon" or something. They're like, "Oh, that's a that's called this." I'm like, "Oh." That's a very different name than what I thought Uh it was called.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good example, translating movie titles, and I'd love to see what Shakespeare's titles are translated into in Spanish, too.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, I mean, translations, they can be fun. I actually found a list of when they go downhill for real. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) I found an article that kind of argued that mistranslations actually played a huge role in three major U.S. wars. Mm -hmm. The first one was in Iraq. So the CIA ascertained some documents saying that Iraq was trying to buy uranium from Nigeria. And so this was back in 2003. And it was like top-level clearance, so nobody was able to get their hands on it but in 2013 so like 10 years later the director general of the international atomic energy agency in vienna he got the documents and analyzed them and the agency concluded with the concurrence of outside experts that the documents were not authentic and a simple google spell check would have been able to tell you this document, which I guess was in Arabic, it didn't really say. Or
0: Farsi, maybe.
1: Oh, yeah, Farsi, that makes sense. Had a lot of spelling mistakes, and the paper wasn't official, or it was clearly not real. Right. And Bush was like, you know, clearly the leader of Iraq has something to hide, because, you know, we know that they tried to get uranium. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But that document wasn't like a real thing that they were using to get uranium.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I found that the date that he made the speech was in 2003 and the CIA had received intelligence between 1999 and 2001. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you want to do the next one? Yeah. So, the second one was I never know, is it Hiroshima or Hiroshima? I think they both work. I think Okay,
1: think I've heard in, both. Yeah, I think in Japan they say Hiroshima.
0: Okay. Well, in Hiroshima, basically the U.S. sent a message. They stated that if Japan did not surrender, they would face prompt and utter destruction. Mm-hmm. And basically the Japanese were kind of trying to decide what to do, and they hadn't made a decision yet. When the prime minister was asked what they were going to do, and he wanted to say basically no comment or refrain from comment mm-hmm. and it got translated as not worthy of comment mm-hmm. which I'm sure, I'm sure you you know, know what happened ticked next. off the Americans. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Actually,
1: yeah. Rachel and I are from the town where the material for the Hiroshima bomb was constructed
0: yeah right where the plutonium was refined
1: yeah Manhattan Project yeah from Oak Ridge Tennessee
0: one of the three cities
1: yeah and I went to Hiroshima a few years ago just like because I was going through Japan and I was like I obviously have to go there not only to see it but just like as an obligation being from Oak Ridge yeah and an homage yeah yeah and it was really it was a really beautiful city it's obviously completely newly constructed right. but a very friendly city but yeah the tower where the bomb went off like straight above it like a mile above or something
0: mm-hmm.
1: they keep it standing the iron in it is still standing oh wow so you can go look at it and it's really moving just to think about the people who were in there and who were promptly just obliterated as soon as it went off.
0: Yeah. It's really amazing. That's insane. Yeah. And it was, it kind of boiled down. I mean, not totally of course, but, uh, one of the big impetuses Mm -hmm. was the, that mistranslation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's really unbelievable. So, I mean, that's, that's why it's so important to have, like a good translator. Oh, yeah. Okay. Number three, the third mistranslation war was actually Vietnam. What happened was the North Vietnamese were chasing an American ship, and the American ship attacked the Vietnamese ship, and so the NSA intercepted a communication that said, we sacrificed two comrades, and they mistranslated it as... We sacrificed two ships. And so they were like, okay, it's war. And the tr- transmission was destroyed, so um, there's no... did you get there's no, like, real evidence of it?
0: Yeah, it says the NSA then refused to correct the mistake and destroyed the source material. God. Meanwhile, President Johnson authorized broad military action in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh. it's really... I mean... That's pretty upsetting that just the lack of understanding can lead to such widespread destruction, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it shows, you know, how important this is and how it's not... Of course, we like to talk about it and think about it because we're kind of nerds like that, but actually it has significant implications. Mm Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think, like, even if somebody in, for example, the NSA during these tensions with the North Vietnamese, if somebody in the NSA had happened to study Vietnamese and Mm -hmm. had an understanding of Vietnamese culture, um, even if they couldn't translate that right, I feel like when you study a language and you learn the culture and learn more about the people that humanizes them more in your eyes you know oh, definitely. it brings you closer to them and it's not as much like me versus them i don't know maybe maybe that's like taking it too far but if somebody in the NSA had known anything about vietnam then maybe they would have said hey I've had experience with Vietnamese people before let's like double check this translation or something. And they might just emotionally feel more obligated to like look into something more. That's a good point. Okay. So let's move on to the future of translation. I almost forgot about that part. Yeah. So obviously we have Google translate that's come a long way in the last 10 years I remember 10 years ago, I had studied in Germany, I was about to be in Spain, and I remembered it was like Google Translate was a joke, you know? You might use it for a word here and there, but when it came to grammar or context, so bad.
0: Yeah, I remember using it like in maybe high school, early college, Mm -hmm. and it was not good. Yeah. It was very, very obvious if you used Google Translate. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now... You know, it's a lot better. I mean, still, you can find wonky things, but it's way better. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: The technology is improving a lot. And actually, translation is one thing, but interpretation, um, which is uh, voice. So the sounds. So translation is on paper and interpretation is with um, speaking. Yes, important distinction. Yes. (laughs) This is
0: really crazy. Have you seen the in-ear interpretation devices? No, I had never seen this, and it's so cool. Isn't it crazy? It's amazing. What age are we living in? I
1: know. The future is now, man. (laughs) So there's one. There There are a few on the market right now that are actually relatively affordable. This one that I found just from a quick search is called the Dash Pro. And you just put, like, a little earbud in your ear, and it takes the language and automatically interprets it into the language of your
0: choosing, which is nuts. Uh, It's so crazy. It shows, like, in their videos, their little promo videos, like, Uh like a Japanese guy walking down the street and... He stops to ask this guy, I think they're in like New York or something for directions. Mm-hmm. He's like giving him some directions. Nuts. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of what app was it you had you talked about on an earlier episode? Oh yeah. Where you can like talk into your phone and then they can talk back and it translates it automatically. Mhm. Google Translate does that. I also have a Chinese app that does that now. You just hold okay.
1: down the button for the language that you're speaking. And uh, it automatically translates it. It's still not perfect because sometimes I'll, I'll say something in English and then it'll come out and they'll just kind of be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think these devices are probably still not perfect and they're not simultaneous. Like you go to the UN and you get a headset and you'll watch somebody talk and an actual person, an interpreter is simultaneously translating the words that they hear into your ear, which is a super hard job, by the way. They have to do like 15 minute increments. It's exhausting.
0: (sighs) Interpreting is really hardcore. Yeah.
1: Have you done it much?
0: I guess you have. Yeah. In
1: Peru, especially.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was low key. I mean, just kind of interpreting what my mom was saying or what people were saying to her. But... I mean, real interpreters. We kind of practiced a little bit Mm -hmm. in my translation class in college, and super hard. Like there are two kinds, like the kind where you either do it in increments, like you were saying, yeah, and you have to listen and pay attention and remember everything for a couple minutes, or Mm -hmm. you have to speak and translate at the same time that you're listening. So it's continuous. Mm-hmm. Which is like what they do at the UN. Yeah, yeah. Simultaneous, simultaneous interpretation.
1: That's that's really difficult, yeah. That's crazy. Um I mean that is really expensive too, simultaneous yeah. interpretation. I worked for a language company and I think the lowest I saw that people would ask for the cost of simultaneous interpretation was like eighty dollars an hour but I saw like up to $200 an hour because they they work really hard and they train really hard to get to the level where they can do that, especially like going both directions. Yeah, that's incredible. It's really amazing. Yeah. There's a really great book actually about interpretation called Corazon Tan Blanco Uh in Spanish. It's uh, Heart So White. Uh That's probably not the title in English, but it's about like how every – Translation is like a polite lie. Yeah. And like at the top level, interpreters have to play a very delicate game of transmitting the right message and trying to do it in the right tone, but they might actually play like a bigger role than you
0: think in being diplomatic. That's so true. Have you ever seen that episode of a Friends? This is kind of random, but... Phoebe goes on a date with this ambassador who doesn't speak any English. Uh And so the interpreter has to be along. And part of it is that she can't think of anything to say. She's like, no, that's stupid. Just you make something up. So he (sighs) says something. So he's like, you know, communicating for them. Really? Yeah. Oh, That's hilarious. No, I haven't seen that one. Of course, you know, that's a Friends episode, but <laughs> yeah, that's pretty you cool. can definitely see how that could happen, that they do play quite a role in determining, like, what gets said as well. Right, right. Which kind of brings
1: us to our third point on the future of translation and interpretation. Uh, is it a dying profession because of the advancements in technology? hmm which I hope it's not. I mean, it's a job creator for sure. But also going back to our news article about how learning a language improves tolerance. I mean, besides all the other benefits that we've talked about before too, like how uh, it delays dementia and... Yeah, increases compassion. Mm-hmm. So I hope that with advancements in technology, we still have the drive to be able to connect with each other, you know, even though it'll be easier to connect over a translator app.
0: Yeah. I, well, anyway, for now, I think that these professions aren't going anywhere, at least in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You can't really replace a person with a machine. And Mm -hmm. especially these, a lot of these technologies are still kind of in their infancy. So, Mm -hmm. It's going to be a while before they're anywhere comparable.
1: Right, and and prevalent enough to start really doing a good job. Yeah. And trusted, you know.
0: Right. Like, if I put something into Google Translate, I can feel pretty good that it's somewhat correct, but mm-hmm. I'm not trusting it inherently.
1: Right. If you really need it to be a perfect translation, you're going to go to a native speaker. Exactly. Well, I feel like I got my nerdiness out for the day, so thank yeah, you, Rachel. Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rachel's going to bed soon, but I have the rest of the day now where I don't have to talk about this anymore, so. <laughs>
0: cool. Let's
1: go to the next segment.
0: Yeah. Da-da-da-da! Which
1: is... Lost
0: in Translation! Woo. all right so this is katarina slash kate Mm -hmm. in english she sent us a great lost in translation actually two stories so let's take a listen
2: Hi, my name's Kate. I'm originally from Germany, but I'm currently living in the U.S. as an au pair, which is basically an international live-in nanny, and I want to share two Lost in Translation moments with you today that happened to me after I got here. Um, A few weeks after I came to the U.S., my host family and I decided to make pizza, and I offered to go to the grocery store to get everything that we needed. Well, one of the toppings that my host dad wanted was pepperoni, And I got all the ingredients but pepperoni. So I was wandering around for several minutes looking for pepperoni and I was not able to find it. So I finally called my host dad and said, hey, they don't have pepperoni. The closest thing they have is jalapenos. Do you want me to bring those instead? And he goes, Kate, that's not the same thing. One's a vegetable and one is meat. <laughs> so what happened is that the German word for a hot pepper is pepperoni or pepperoni. And the German word for pepperoni is salami. <laughs> so I had a total moment of language confusion right there. But after I told my host that about it, we just laughed and I was able to get him his pepperoni in the end anyway. <laughs> so we had a we had a Happy pizza ending. Um, The second moment I had, it's not really a moment, it's more like a (laughs) phase, and it has to do with the kids' song, Row Your Boat. I didn't know this song, because we don't have that in Germany. I was eager to learn it anyway. Um, Most of you probably know this song, it goes something like this. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. It's such a short song, but I had quite a few misunderstandings. Firstly, I thought it goes row your boat gently down the street instead of the stream, which I found odd enough, but I didn't really think about, because from here on it only gets worse. Instead of life is but a dream, I understood life is buttercream. You know, the buttercream that you actually put on a cake. (laughs) So I kept on singing this song aloud, even in public, (laughs) thinking it was just a funny song to make children laugh. (laughs) Well, eventually, my host mom realized it and corrected me. But we actually found it so funny and kind of cool that we kept on singing the buttercream part.
0: (laughs) Yeah, life is buttercream. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I love that one, yeah, that, that is actually, good. that's a hard song to understand. It's kind mm-hmm. of you know, people don't really speak like that, right. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure I misunderstood it as a kid.
1: actually, that's what I was gonna say, like I'm pretty sure that it took me years to really figure out what all the words were to write about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like butter butter dreamers, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know when I understood
1: that, like, but a dream was yeah. a thing, because it do- it doesn't make sense. Actually, they should probably change it. They should have it, like, be life is just a dream, or, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's Super, yeah. super antiquated.
0: It's like a throwback mm-hmm. to, you know, the olden days of speaking. Mm-hmm. Right. Life is but a dream. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Thank you so much, Kate, for yeah. uh, your moment. We really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and actually, I think I've had the reverse with the pepperoni thing. And ah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that I mistakenly thought that it was meat, and it turned mm-hmm. out that it was a pepper. And I think that was in mm-hmm. Italy.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I don't know why we call them pepperoni in, in American that culture. I think I don't know if any other English-speaking culture actually says pepperoni or salami.
0: I don't know either, to be honest. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for your stories. Yeah, that was great. And
1: if you want to submit a Lost in Translation moment you can send us a voice memo uh, to language nerds do earth at com or you can go to our website which is language nerds do and go to the contact section and you can actually hit the record button and record yourself giving us your lost in translation moment so it's super easy to do it now
0: no do excuses. it no excuses <laughs> We need them. Yeah, we know you've got them.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't if you think that you don't have them then you're just a liar.
0: <laughs> We're not the only ones. <laughs> so, what do you think? We'd love to hear your thoughts on translation. Do you have mm-hmm. any translation fails that you've seen? Do you have mm-hmm. a story about a title being translated weirdly Mm -hmm. um maybe a war that could have been avoided if not for a bad (laughs) translation i don't know Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. the crusades for example i don't know (laughs) that we could find something in there
0: or maybe you've even like avoided a war with your excellent translation skills
1: Mm. Yeah, we definitely want to know about that too
0: Uh Uh, If
1: you have any pictures of translation fails You could even leave a comment with that on this episode post It would be really cool
0: Or post it on Instagram and tag us, that'd be cool
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'd be awesome Yeah, so don't forget to subscribe to our podcast So you can get new episodes as soon as they come out When they're fresh Hot out the oven. Yeah, hot out the oven. Exactly, yeah. And follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. And you can subscribe to our blog. I've got a new entry coming out. And there's a festival this weekend in China that I really want to participate in. So hopefully, yeah, the Dragon Boat Festival. Definitely want to make something about that. Very cool.
0: Yeah. And please leave us a review if you have a moment. Uh, It really helps Mm -hmm. us to have more visibility. And then more people can listen to our podcast and hear about Mm -hmm. our world and how awesome it is. So Mm -hmm. it it would be really nice if you could take a minute to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you enjoyed it, tell your friends about it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what's our next episode about? Do we know?
1: <gasps> yeah, we do. Third Culture oh, yeah. Kids. Yeah. I
0: forgot. Yeah. I'm excited.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'll be really fun. Uh, we have some guests coming next week who are Third Culture Kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate it. And mm-hmm. we will see you next week. Yep. Have a good one. Bye.